Before we get started today, I just wanted to take a minute to invite you to our next group consult. If you are a trauma treatment professional and want to gather with other like-minded professionals to gain support, insight, and share your own knowledge and resources, join us. You can present or you can just listen. This opportunity is open to all trauma treatment professionals. It will be held virtually and we will meet for one and a half hours. Don't miss it. Register and learn more at traumatreatmentcollective.com. Welcome to the Trauma Treatment Collective podcast. My name is Nina Keeler, a licensed marriage and family therapist and trauma specialist. In this space, we will share tips and tools on how to grow your trauma treatment skills while also keeping your own mental health in mind. Welcome to our first time listeners and welcome back to our followers. Today we are talking uh, with a special guest and that special guest is going to be Athena Phillips. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Athena um, and then we're going to dive into our interview. But Athena Phillips is a licensed social worker who founded Integrative Trauma Treatment Center or ITTC, the foundation of which was to approach working with people from the assumption of capacity, inherent goodness, and strength. Athena's most recent endeavor was the Orinda Project, which is an online trauma coach certification course, in addition to online membership communities for coaches and therapists working with trauma and disassociation. So I am excited to have Athena. We're going to be talking specifically about the Orinda Project. And so here we go. Welcome, Athena, to the podcast. We're so happy to have you. I'm happy to um, share you with our community and let them learn a little bit about you. Um, I learned a little bit about you, I think, through Facebook. I saw you posting in the community that I was in. And so I was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to let other people know about you as well. Um, so what I want to start off with is telling us a little bit about your journey in trauma treatment. How did you get started in trauma treatment? Mm, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Nina. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, so I th- it's a long journey, so I'll try and be succinct, but I, um, you know, like lots of people in mental health have a complex history myself. And so trauma is very relatable to me. Um, and I started on accident. I sort of fell into the field of social services. I had applied for a job as a receptionist at a place that worked with, um, children who have developmental disabilities. And I worked, they put me in a different position working directly with them. And I, just loved it. It was such a unique and beautiful experience. And I did that for five years within that one organization and continued that work for 15. Then I went back back to grad school and I really was drawn to clinical work from the get-go. And uh, so that was, you know, my focus was very obvious to me from the beginning that I'm interested in clinical work and I am very passionate about trauma. And I was lucky enough to know that right away. So uh, I did spend some time working in um, uh, in emergency rooms and basically in uh, inpatient psych and hospital settings for a while. I loved that too. Uh, and after that, I I started private practice where I I worked for five years and realized in that time that there were pretty significant gaps in um, addressing the needs that survivors had that were unique to them. And that prompted me to uh, found Integrative Trauma Treatment Center, which is my clinic in Portland, Oregon. Uh, And that is that organization was started in 2012, which 
is we're still in existence, still growing, still evolving. Um, and the goal for ITTC was basically to offer integrative care and options for clients who wanted to pursue different avenues or adjunctive or have adjunctive options for their recovery process that were safe. Um, but even in that, you know, while we're serving this community, I'm still seeing these gaps that are frustrating to all of us in mental health care, where our, our clients need something that we can't give them because of the boundaries around, you know, the third part, party payer system and all of these other things that are that we have to work around in working with our clients ethically and within the system that we reside in. Uh, so one of the biggest gaps in in my well, there are two. One is that therapists work in isolation mm-hmm. and every other field in healthcare has assistance because we can delegate some of the work that we do, but we don't, we just own all of it. And uh, I think, so that was one of the pieces that I, as a therapist felt like I could have used someone who was on my team supporting the client. Um, and the other is that clients, when we're doing this hard, arduous work of trauma therapy, uh, sometimes clients need extra support and we're ethically not allowed to be available all of the time, uh, nor is it healthy to be available all the time. And at the same time, there was this extra need, you know, for some sort of support. So those were the the gaps that I aimed to fill um, by creating the trauma coaching course, which the one that I write was, I wrote it under sort of the umbrella of assuming that or hoping that therapists would begin to integrate coaching into their practice. Uh, so it's designed for integrative work where the therapist and the coach work together. Um, but coaches can work on independently as well, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's awesome. kind of how we landed here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love how like you just continue to kind of let it unfold. Like it feels like it just kind of the next thing kind of piqued your interest and your curiosity and you kind of followed that. Um, and here we are today. With this very yeah. cool program. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that is, I guess, the thing that I would say. You have talked a little bit about being passionate about trauma coaching and how you see it kind of fitting into the treatment um, protocol for a trauma client. Um, but tell us a little bit about what is trauma coaching from your perspective. Like, how do you see it? How do you um, see it fitting in, like, all the things around trauma coaching that you think would be helpful for someone who maybe this is their first time hearing about it or getting to set with someone who's passionate about it? Yeah, I really appreciate this question because I know that therapists sometimes get concerned about scope of practice and sort of, it seems like assume that a trauma coach is doing the things that therapists do, but that's not the way that I think about it. I view trauma coaches as skills specialists. So they're the the skill builders, they're, vo- um, they're focused on the here and now and the future whereas trauma therapists tend to be focused on the past. And of course, for both coach and therapist, the relationship is foundational. Um, so the, the coaches can provide a few things that uh, therapists are currently providing alone um, or not providing at all because they can't. Uh, one is a focus on skills and accountability for building those skills, you know, like, each session that I have with a client where I spend the first 15 minutes of my session on accountability for homework or for, you know, the work that they, that we had agreed upon them focusing on for the week. Um, 
then I'm missing those 15 minutes when somebody else could be doing it. So the, the skills work and the accountability work is something that I delegate to my coaches. And then the other thing is that coaches can provide supportive bridge appointments when we're doing that arduous work of trauma processing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's the support that can be provided that I cannot. Uh, still structured, of course, nobody can be available all the time, but that support is available if the client feels they need it. Um, so they can do that. And then the preparation work for processing trauma that includes self-care, you know, making sure that medical needs are addressed, uh, food, sleep, all of the, you know, basic bodily functions are being tended to, and that there's some day-to-day structure and adequate community supports available in preparation for that hard work. It's sort of like preparing for a marathon, you know, where we're building muscles to get ready to do something difficult. Those are the primary ways in which I see a coach working alongside a therapist. Um, And the other piece is that in in my mind, I want to decrease the overall cost and amount of time that a client spends doing this work before Mm -hmm. they find relief and just overarchingly, because, you know, at a certain point, there's a cost benefit analysis for the client, or they have to stop for reasons that they hadn't anticipated And coaching is something that we can offer at a lower cost and simultaneously expand access to care and services. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the cost benefits piece, have you seen with the work that you're doing and how you have a coach integrated, or maybe there's other people that are using this model, um, is there any research or data that shows that people are moving through services a little bit quicker, like they're able to to process a little faster? That's a really good question. There is you know, research on coaching is growing and it's still a novel field. So the the studies that I have seen have not focused on that particular part of the question, you know, in terms of length of time and treatment or cost, the cost of care. Um, so the short answer is no, I have not seen research about that. But the research I have seen so far suggests that, well, there have been no studies that have found harm to clients at all. And there's been one study that has shown no benefit. And I think that of all, I looked at about 19 mm-hmm. um, research studies, and that's sort of a brief compilation of what the results were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was on coaching in general, not specifically trauma coaching. Did I catch that right? Uh, no, there were, there were some in there that focused on sort of it was all mental health coaching, you know, coaching okay. around depression, et cetera. And there were some trauma specific uh, studies. For example, there's one that I'm, you know, really excited about. I'm a specialist in dissociative identity disorder. And there was one that specifically looked at coaching a client. It was a case study um, who had DID and, um, and what the outcomes were for that client. The client was very clearly able to identify uh, the delineation of roles between both, you know, the coach offered things that the therapist didn't and vice versa. And uh, having that, having both uh, supports available to the client was really hugely beneficial per their report and, and based on some of the, um, you know, the measures utilized to see what the outcomes were of, of that person's care. So that's just one example. And there are as I mentioned, several studies that are trauma focused as well. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Uh, what are the signs, uh, uh, even as you think about clients uh, who might benefit 
from trauma coaching or having trauma coaching as a, a part of their integrative healing process? Um, what are the signs that they might be showing? I guess the first sign is openness and interest. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, this isn't part of our paradigm yet, so I don't know that people would even know to ask, but, um, that would be the first thing. So somebody who is struggling with, you know, managing emotion, tending to their healthcare and managing day-to-day sort of emotional and physical hygiene, um, might be somebody who would, that's an example of somebody who would benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one that came from mind to me, uh, came, okay. One that came up for me as you were talking, uh, was potentially a client in, um, more of a mi- minority population. Uh, and maybe it is not safe to send them to, uh, the level of care that they need. I was thinking this could be a way to kind of fill some of those gaps too. Cause I, oh, in my work, I know I run into that quite frequently. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought that up because actually one big piece of what was the impetus behind creating this program, I've traveled to Rwanda for, I think eight years now, and we have partners there, a mental health, a mental health organization, a few, you know, that we work with. And um, what has become so clear when you leave the United States is that there's a lot that is offered here. Um, and it's still not enough. And when you travel to other places, gosh, there's really nothing. I wouldn't say nothing, but just not enough, just really not enough. And, um, especially when we start to think about specialized care or when we're trying to support marginalized groups, Mm -hmm. those are the people that I wrote this for that Mm -hmm. I recognize that in, uh, communities of color in LGBTQIAS community, I plus communities that, um, there are just really the more specialized you get or the more nuanced your experiences or separate from the majority, uh, the harder it is to find care, uh, that is resonant to what you've experienced. Mm -hmm. And so my real, uh, big picture goal for this is to expand, access to supports that are informed and safe in communities where they experience a disproportionate, um, well, there, there's just less, you know, I want to provide more. These populations really have lagged in terms of access to care and I hope to build resources for them. If community members wanted to know more about the program, so if they were interested in kind of branching off into trauma coaching, um, and doing that as a an adjunct to the work that they're doing. Maybe they're like, you know, I want to do a little bit of this and I want to do a little bit of that. Or um, if they wanted to connect maybe with trauma coaches that have done your training, where would you direct them? Yeah, I would have them go to my website, uh, www.theorendaproject.org. <laughs> and there's a lot of information there just around what the course is, what is included in it. And also there's a resource page that has a list of coaches who have recently graduated and where they're working and how to contact them. Mm -hmm. Uh, If somebody had questions for me, I do uh, a free consultation um, about the course so they could schedule that as well through the website. And I'm happy to talk, um, you know, with anybody who has curiosity about it. So, uh, so go to the website. There's lots of information there. I'm also on Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Pinterest and YouTube. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll link to all of those um, things in our show notes so people can access that information there if they are not in a place where they can write it down or, you know, gather all of it now. They can always go to the show notes and, and check it out. When you said the piece about assistance and having assistance, that really resonated with me. I was like, yes, that would be wonderful if I had like a team um, mm-hmm. of people who I could work with. Like I work collaboratively with a lot of different people. Um mm-hmm. But to really have like people that you sit with every day and you talk about your cases and, you know, like you just have this working relationship like that yeah. felt really good to me um, as you were talking about that. And I was thinking, like, if you recruited somebody and said, hey, I want you to go through this program, um, you know, I will pay for it. This is part of your employment. And then I want you to come alongside me and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you could do that with like, uh, you know, somebody who was interested in trauma coaching. But maybe you hired a trauma coach into your practice. And, and this is one way you could get them trained um, to be able to kind of come alongside. So a lot of different things percolate in my head. I just wanted to share. Yeah. That, well, you're that right in alignment with how I was thinking about it. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my hope that more of a, more therapists will be willing to integrate this into their work. I can say for myself with um, I have a coach now with two, two of my clients, you know, we're taking it slow and it's just such a relief, actually, to mm-hmm. have somebody to talk to who shares their ex- my experience with this person that's so private and so intimate, mm-hmm. um, but also to know that my client is supported and that I don't have to, not that I, I feel burdened by them, but I I feel very responsible. And, and knowing that I have someone supporting me and supporting them has brought me, as a therapist, a lot of relief. Yeah, yeah. So much to say about support and how powerful support is in trauma treatment for the client, for the therapist, for everybody involved. If when we feel supported, we can do better work. Yeah. Um, and you know, whether it's us doing the work with the client or the client doing the work with us, everybody can do better work when when the nervous system is supported. It has that undergirding. Um, yeah. It just moves things right along. So pretty cool. Well stated. Yep. Yeah. Um. So okay. Uh, let's see, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Um, cause uh, you know, a part of the trauma treatment collective is talking about professional development and how we do this work and our clients and all the things. And I think that is very important, but another part of what we do is, is also supporting, um, the trauma treatment professional and making sure that their well being is also good. Um, and so how do you stay healthy? I love for our community to hear how other people are doing self care. Um, so how do you stay healthy as a mental health professional? Like, what do you do to take good care of yourself? Well, it is hard work. That's the thing, you know, like, but you have to approach your own health with a lot of intention when you're in a position, you know, the honorable position of, of providing care to other people. And, um, so I do invest a lot of time in my interests. I, I, I'm very active. I've always been I've always enjoyed athletics. I enjoy, I'm, I'm a dancer. I take a lot of ballet classes and jazz classes, and those are really fun. Um, and I recognize, you know, what a privilege to be able to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I love cooking um, as a way to build community and be with people. Um, so I, I really just invest in the things that fill my cup. And make time for them, even when I believe that maybe I don't have time for them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Nice. Then the next question is, is what's one thing you wish you would have known before starting your career journey? 
This is going to sound so boring because it's not clinical, but I wish that um, every graduate program provided education on running a business. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, there are two things that I would want to emphasize. That's one, like starting private practice, that was hard. You know, it's a lot of work and you're doing all these things that you don't have a training in, have training in or an interest in like accounting and marketing and stuff. Um, and just billing insurance. Everybody loves that. Right. Uh, but then starting, uh, my clinic, that was just, it was its own, <laughs> adventure that I can't even describe. And so few people actually own businesses that it's not relatable to a lot of people. And um, it was a really isolating experience, actually, starting uh, the clinic. And I I would have done so much better if I had known what to expect. Hmm. And if I knew the ins and outs of running a business, so I could seek the right kind of support instead of trying to do everything by myself, which is what I did. At first. Um, so there's that. And then the other thing that I I see a lot in younger clinicians is um, the inclination to be more generous than what is helpful ultimately for the client and that is sustainable for the clinician. Um, because, you know, we go all in and of course, people with big hearts, which I'm assuming all of us are, um, we want to do and give everything that we can. And at some point, it's not sustainable and also ultimately doesn't in the long run help because we're not empowering people to do the best that they can with what they've got. Uh, so those are the two things, my two big learning pieces um, around generosity, which I am a proponent of, but also boundary generosity and learning how to run a business. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. The last question I have is just a fun one of like, what's one fun thing, fun fact about you that you'd love to share with us? <laughs> That's such a funny question for an introvert. <laughs> I don't well, really... I'm an introvert. I don't really know. I, I mean, I can say that I am, I love to laugh. That's one of my favorite <laughs> I'm, I love to laugh and I laugh easily. So uh, that's probably my, and I have a really big loud laugh. That's probably my, my quirk that people comment on the most. <laughs> um, so I think that's probably all I got. I mean, yeah, that's good. That's good. Run Something else may come to you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us a little bit about your passion and about your journey and just all the things that you're doing. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to share that might be of interest to the community um, that you haven't mentioned yet? I don't think so. I think all your questions allowed me to cover all the bases, but I did want to say thank you for the work that you're doing as well. Yeah, thank you. No problem. I'm excited about our community and Um, Just having connection and collaboration, like, you know, like that thing about working in silos and things like that. So just want people to know that, you know, hey, there's somebody out there thinking about you while you're doing this work. (laughs) Great. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, Nina, take good care.
I hope you enjoyed our episode for today. Just a quick reminder before you head out, just make sure you head over to the traumatreatmentcollective.com to learn more about our monthly group consults. We would love to have you join us.